Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint coming to you live from the lee company studio here in columbia west 7th we got our guest awesome before we go to our guest okay yeah, you want to? You want to? I, I just need to interject something here because scrolling through Twitter as we are wont to do, particularly during breaks, came up on a tweet from at Corked Bats, K O R K E D Bats. Just went up in the last minute. Bills visit the Titans on Week Six for Monday Night Football. Pray for Josh and Orman. First of all. Why is a a blog with a baseball name blogging about uh, tweeting about football? I, I wish they would just. I wish everybody would just hush and let us find out the schedule all at one time. Yeah, they're supposed to announce it tonight, but apparently, obviously, clearly, there are leaks, clearly. and there are many. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals will visit the Titans in Week One, and whoop de do. Well, Kyler Murray. A.J. Brown versus Malcolm Butler. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zone or man? <laughs> if it's zone, we're in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> that guy can't play it for his save his life. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Let's yeah. let's let's keep it on the baseball track let's for do. now. Let's do. Um, it. As we have MLB.com's Jonathan Mayo on the line, and we are excited to to speak with him because we have a lot of. A lot of local folks in this area who are looking to be drafted in this upcoming major league draft. So welcome to the show. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. For a second, I thought you were going to ask me to weigh in on week six of the Titans schedule. <laughs> no, we weren't. We weren't. I got gonna, nothing for you there. I was about to say, you're welcome to yeah, if you I mean, want. If, but. You, if you've got any thoughts, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, I mean. I got nothing. We're, we're certainly not going to limit you. No. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, I, I reached out to you a few weeks ago um, to just see what your availability would be to come on with us because, you know, this whole rocker lighter 1-1-A situation was really intriguing to me. And and with Jack Leiter, um, I don't know if scratched is the right word, but it, with, with Jack Leiter not making his typical Saturday start in Vanderbilt's series this weekend against visiting Alabama after having, well, after the Commodores having lost each of his previous three starts, would you expect or are you hearing any concerns with him as 
the number one or the number two as a result of the last month or so? Yeah, I think the short answer is yes. Um, But I don't think it's just because of that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there there were question marks just entering the season to begin with, with, with lighter, um, mostly because he's not the biggest guy in the world. Look through draft history. How many six foot one right-handers have gone at the very top of the draft. Um, and there's not a whole lot of history or track record, you know, outside of his four starts last year before the shutdown. The last time anybody had seen him pitch was, you know, for Del Barton prep in New Jersey, you know, so we're, we're, we're not, talking about a lot of information. And he did pitch in the summer showcase circuit before his senior year of high school and threw very well. Um, you know, so I think there were some like, well, we're not a hundred percent sure, you know, he's the guy, you know, this was not a slam dunk kind of thing. Uh, then he broke out of the gates and was, you know, absolutely ridiculous. The no hitter, then the seven innings and no hit ball. And he never, never pitched in an SEC play before. And then he got hit, which, you know, you want to start chalk up to okay again first time in SEC take some adjustments you know we, even the David Prices of the world you know right out of the gate struggled a little bit with that first go round let's see how we adjust let's see if the stuff holds up with the workload then he misses a start so I think you know there's still plenty of time for him to come back and if it was just them monitor, monitoring the workload and wanting to give him some rest. Uh, and and then he comes back and pitches well the rest of the way, then I think those questions get answered. Now, some of those other questions about his size and things like that are still there, but the can he hold up, you know, uh, to be a frontline kind of starter uh, will be a little more answered. I do find it a little curious that Vanderbilt didn't announce this until super last minute, which probably raises some more eyebrows. You know, if they had announced on Wednesday, like, hey, you know what, we're, we're giving him the week off just to monitor his workload after after last year's shutdown, I think everyone would have just thought, well, okay, that actually that makes some sense. But because it was a little last minute, there are probably some people wanting to see what happens going forward. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com. Um, Jonathan, I felt like coming into the year, and again, this was before Jack Leiter exploded onto the scene the way he did. I felt like it was Kumar Rocker and everybody else. Um, and then once Leiter began to emerge, the the talking point that I was hearing was it's not a knock on Rocker. It's just that Leiter has, you know, for lack of a better word, outperformed him and moved into that. 1-1 draft position, which is where Pittsburgh will pick in the July draft. Um, how do you feel like those two size up? I mean, again, if there are questions about lighter size and how that translates at the major league level or at the professional level, that's certainly not a question for Rocker. Um, how do you see those two? Yeah, no, I think I, I think that that description is is right on point you know i think that uh rocker was the sort of the guy now i would maintain and and, and jim Callis, my colleague and i have been saying it from the get-go that that as much as people wanted to anoint kumar rocker as sort of, sort of the kind of street steven strasberg in this draft that that wasn't accurate based on what 
people in the scouting industry were saying. It doesn't mean that he wasn't at the top of, of the board. Uh, we had him, you know, number one on our uh, on our draft top 100 back in December, but it wasn't that kind of slam dunk, and you know, he wasn't so far ahead of everyone else. And then Leiter went out and did what he did. Um, you know, Rocker uh, initially there were some command issues, and then he was pitching very well. Um, we had a story uh, where Jim Callis like pulled a bunch of uh, scouting executives and GMs and such, you know, like a lighter versus Rocker kind of deal, and Lighter ran away with that, and that was right at when Jack was you know absolutely dominant to start of SEC play, the no hitter and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see how much the pendulum has shifted. Back. Yeah, it would be interesting. If, it would be yeah. interesting if you went back and polled those same guys right now. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, and to be honest with you, right now, if you were to poll people, who would you take number one? The answer would be Jordan Lawler uh, or Marcelo Mayer, two high school shortstops, one from Texas and one from California. So the two Vanderbilt pitchers are not as firmly one in one A or one in two as they were, uh, you know, when when all this kind of started. Jordan Waller, by the way, a Vanderbilt commit. Yeah, he won't. You won't see him. <laughs> well, understandably so. Um, I guess high school hitters versus college pitchers uh, is kind of what that scenario boils down to. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, there, there. Listen, I live in Pittsburgh, and so anytime you dare mention that they pick someone. Other than Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker, uh, they want to throw you off uh, you know, the, the nearest bridge. And and and, and those, there's the, plenty the, to choose from. There's plenty, there of, including of, yeah, one yeah, right guys, there in front of P, PNC Park, yeah, I guess. So, it's, yeah. got, it's, got, it's got more bridges than any city in the world. Um, <laughs> so there, there are plenty to choose from. But you know, when you pick number one, you take the best player, right? It doesn't matter what you have in your system. It doesn't matter if, you know, who's going to get to the big leagues quickly. And, and I'll give you, I'll give you a great example of something that happened, uh, you know, uh, in the, in recent history, with the Seattle Mariners and they picked number two in the draft and they wanted Danny Holson and Danny Holson was their guy. And it was not a reach. It wasn't like they were going out of their way, but Danny Holson was the guy is the university of Virginia lefty. They had Felix Hernandez. He was going to get to, to Seattle really quickly and be the number two to Felix Fernandez. Now, what happened to Danny Holson? Nothing, right? He, he, to his credit, worked with Caliph and got to the big leagues and then retired just because of all the arm issues. The other guy that the Seattle Mariners were <laughs> contemplating at number two was Francisco Lindor. So now, it, now listen, it's it's by hindsight is twenty twenty. But who would you rather have? So I'm just saying, like, you don't necessarily take what you think is a need. You take the best guy. Now, if they think that Leiter or Rocker is the best guy, great. He'll get, they will get that guy to the big leagues a little bit faster. Will help right when a lot of this talent they have in the farm system gets to Pittsburgh, and it might work out well. But you know, like Jordan Lawler could be Derek Jeter, right? Marcelo mm-hmm. Mayer has gotten Corey Seager comps. And Corey Seager was in the big leagues when he was 20, right? You don't necessarily have to wait that long. So it's, it's not the, 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 the sort of differential and who's going to get there faster and impact sooner that I think people think it might be. 
That's interesting, John. And and to your point regarding Pittsburgh, I covered their AAA affiliate here in Nashville for quite some time, and I distinctly remember um, when they took John Van Benskoten out of Kent State with their first-round pick. Um, Van Benskoten had led the NCAA in home runs that year. They took him as a pitcher. So I say that to say I can understand Pittsburgh fans if they don't necessarily trust the Pirates with this pick. Uh, it's a different it's different management altogether. That's 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 two managements ago. So, you know, like but yes, you know, and, and listen, it's uh you know, you've been covering this game long enough to know like the draft is such a crapshoot, you don't know. And and, and like and, and like I I don't mean to sort of dump on the Seattle Mariners with that example, but it's the one that comes to mind. No one thought taking Danny Holtz in second overall was a reach. Right. Like they right. thought he was, he, he belonged in that conversation, mm-hmm. just like Kuma Rocker and Jack Leiter. I just, I just use it as a, you just don't know, you know, going in and it's not automatic. Like, Oh, just take the college on because he's going to get there faster. You know, uh, you know, Lindor was in the big leagues at what age 20, 21, you know, just like Javi Baez from the same draft class. Um, you know, so, it, it, it's not that slam dunk like, well, all things being equal, let's take the guy who's who is going to get there faster. And it may not be when all is said and done that all things are equal. I don't know what the Pirates are thinking, but I'm doing some polling now about Marcelo Mayer and Jordan Lawler and ask, and then asking a follow-up who you would take if you had the number one pick, you know, picking from anyone in the draft class. And only one person has mentioned Jack Leiter. Uh, and no one's mentioned Kumar Rocker. So I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see. Now, if both of them get hot and pitch well down the stretch and in postseason play and, and in Omaha, which now you know will be scouted heavily because of the timing of the draft, then it's a different conversation. Yeah, I mean, this is not like the NFL draft where you're taking a guy who's going to come play on your team next year. So, right. you know, taking a, a need is kind of silly in the major league draft. You just take the best guy, and that – that just makes more sense. So I, I will be, I will be certainly watching uh, as these the college game continues to progress toward Omaha. Like you said, the draft being uh, after. at the yeah after the College World Series certainly makes it a a unique situation. I think. How do you feel like that is going to affect these high school players like Lawler and Marcelo Mayer? You know, it's interesting. You know, Major League Baseball uh, attempted to set up, you know, some combines and some draft leagues and things like that. Now, I don't think you're going to see any of the top, top guys go to those. What it will do is um, enable the high school players to do um, exponentially more private workouts if they wanted to. Um, now, if I'm Jordan Lawler, you know, uh, you, you limit that to the top four or five teams, I would think. Um, same with Marcelo Mayer. It sounds like at this point, I think they're both going to go in the in the top five. Uh, you know, at least as of right now. Um, but I think you know there are going to be those kinds of opportunities to to be seen uh, like one on one, which could you know often you know often help them. You know, Carlos Correa had such a great workout with the Astros that that vaulted him to the top of their board. And yes, they saved a lot of money when they, when they, when they took him, but they, they thought he was the best player in the, you know, in that draft because of that workout, you know, conversely, you know, even college players who aren't playing deep in Omaha, you know, have the opportunity to go play for a month, like in the Cape Cod league, 
um, and get seen against really good competition to help offset the lack of information since so there was no real summer baseball last year and, and the regular season, you know, as everyone knows, was, was uh, cut seriously short. Real quick, before we let you go, I, I want to touch on this because it's incredibly important to our local listeners here. And we were just talking about how quickly these college arms or these high school position players get to the, to the, to the major league level. Have you been surprised by how quickly and how effective Ryan Weathers has been for the San Diego Padres? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, and I think the funny thing is that uh, because he was, he almost, the only reason why not tremendously is he almost profiled like a college lefty mm-hmm. coming out. Right? He, he, you know, obviously with the MLB bloodline, it, it, he had such a tremendous feel for pitching um, that I thought that part of it would let him maybe move a little more quickly than than some high school pitchers. He, he wasn't like a tall, gangly, hard-throwing right-hander who didn't know where the ball was going and would need you know, time to, to hone his craft. I think the, you know, the, the stuff has been better. I never would have thought that, oh, here's a guy that you're going to bring up you know, for, for the postseason or as a reliever. Like, he never struck me as a reliever. I thought he's like a middle-of-the-rotation guy. Um, you know, so I, never, I, I didn't see him being able to do that as quickly as he did and the step forwards he clearly took last year when no one was watching at the alternate site literally um, yeah yeah and uh and to his credit the work that he's done um you know and from a from a conditioning standpoint and staying in shape which was a little bit of a, of a question mark you know as he was heading into, into the drive he's a big bodied guy he's always gonna have to watch that but he he is he's taken he's made many strides uh, on that front, which of course has translated into into better stuff, and he hasn't lost his feel for pitching along the way. Yeah, I, I've been. We we have certainly watched every Ryan Weathers pitch that we can possibly watch this season, and as again, he is right smack dab in the middle of our coverage area in Loretto, Tennessee. Here, so we are certainly watching him progress and and rooting for him, obviously. So. Sure. We are. We have been certainly surprised as well, though, by his quick ascend to whatever the Padres are doing with their pitching staff. I, and your guess is as good as mine. Just <laughs> throwing out people for three innings at a time. I I don't know. <laughs> but well, it, you it's know, working. That, that's a, that is a whole different conversation about <laughs> what the shut well, what the shutdown will do in terms of how you handle pitching, how quickly guys, you know, in this draft class. We'll be able to move, you know, we'll move once they become pros. Like we don't really know what the shutdown is going to do for development across all levels of baseball. But yeah, if you had told me, you know, that Ryan Weathers would get to the big leagues before Mackenzie Gore for the Padres, I would have thought you were nuts. <laughs> and here we are. It's and, wild. And, and, and here yet, we are. And yet, hey, Jonathan Mayo with MLB.com. If you're trying to um, figure out what's going on with the upcoming draft and that kind of thing, he's a great follow. Where can they find you, Jonathan? It's pretty simple. It's just at Jonathan Mayo. That's pretty, that's pretty straightforward. Um, yep. Jonathan Mayo with us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Mr. Mayo, appreciate you taking some time. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All righty. Man, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of great insight there on, on what to expect once this draft does come around. Because, it, I mean, if you look at the top, the top 
probably seven prospects, there are three college names, and two of them are Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Yeah. So yeah. the rest are high school position players. You know, coming into the year, I just felt like they were going to be one and two at the top of the draft. It, obviously, that may not necessarily be the case, but, you know. I'm not, and I'm not sure how much it means to the players individually when it comes right down to it. So. I mean, money-wise, where they go is not going to be much different. Yeah. So. Because they're going to go top ten. I, I think, though, the prestige of, of having the top two picks in the draft from a collegiate program standpoint would be a would be one heck of a feather in Tim in, in a cap. cap yeah in in, a, in an already full cap yeah so he's got plenty of feathers i'm not sure he needs any more <laughs> no doubt all right y'all it's a wild and wacky wednesday and we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we will talk about it on uh, southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint stick around in the lee company studio Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee. 